1.9. We see here the infallible rule for interpretation of scripture is the scripture itself. Therefore, sorry, therefore when there is a question about the true and full sense of any scripture, which is not multiple, manifold, diverse and varied, but single, it must be sought by comparison with other passages that speak more clearly. So what are we dealing with here? We are dealing with the finality of scripture. We are dealing with the harmony of scripture. We are dealing with the unity of scripture. That the holy scriptures from Genesis to Revelation are one. So we look at that statement there at the beginning of point nine, which says the infallible rule of interpretation of scripture is scripture itself. This is to mean, dear friends, that the scriptures do and must interpret themselves. Don't forget that. The, the problem that we have today is that many rely on God told me. Many rely on this is how I feel or this is what I think is saying instead of saying this is what the Bible says. This is the scriptural position. If we read from Genesis to Revelation, we will find a common thread of truth with the, uh, in line with a particular topic. Let's say, for example, we look at laziness and hard work. What does the Bible have to say about laziness? and hard work. Some people would say, well, you know, God is gracious, so, you know, we, we, we are free to, to, to laze around, to play PlayStation the whole day, and we, we will be saved by grace. Don't be rigid. Don't be, uh, you know, etc. And some people would then go on to say, well, uh, you know, I need to work, 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 work until I die. But let's see what the Bible says. Let, let us just do a run-through of what the scriptures say. Uh, particularly the Proverbs. The Proverbs have a lot to say about laziness and hard work. Proverbs 13 verse 4. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for man. This simply is teaching us that we should be having the Lord as our uh, main audience or the, the reason why we get up in the morning should be the Lord. And this will enable us to work hard as unto the Lord. Second Thessalonians 3.10 For even when we were with you, we would give you this command if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. 
Let him not eat. Proverbs 10.4 The word of God. A slack hand causes poverty. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. Whoever is slack in his work, Proverbs 18.9 is a brother to him who destroys. So, we see the theology of work in the scriptures. All the way from Genesis when we're told that God put Adam in the garden to kill the lamb. So work was there even before the fall of man. Work was there. We were meant to work. People come and say, well, we, are, we work. we've got work because we are sinners. That's not true. Work only became harder because of the fall. By the sweat of your brow, you shall eat. That's what the scriptures say. Let us look at another topic that the Bible addresses so that we see this harmony of scripture. For example, what does the Bible say about star signs and horoscopes? There are people who worship the stars, literally. Oh, I'm an Aries, I'm a Leo, whatever. You know, when the moon is like this, my eyes open, all these pagan stuff. Listen to what the word of God has to say about that. Leviticus 19.31 Do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out and so make yourselves unclean. I am the Lord your God. Do not turn, your, do not turn to mediums. You don't need Leo to define you. You need Christ. You don't need Aries to tell you about your future. That's paganism. That's witchcraft. Rely on God who knows what will happen tomorrow. What about Deuteronomy 4, 19, ESV? And beware lest you raise your eyes to heaven and when you see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the hosts of heaven, you will be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them. Things that the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole heaven. This is so profound, dear friends. It speaks into every other area of life. Uh, we have a tendency we have a tendency to want to worship the creation rather than the creator. Even as our brother John Kelvin said that the human mind is an idol factory. It's like a, there's a conveyor belt in the mind that says, if this idol has been done away with, I'm, I'm looking for another idol. And it's going, 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 going. The word of God says, worship God and God alone. So you see here that the scriptures have the harmony about them. They don't contradict themselves. The only contradiction is when we want to speak into the scriptures. We come with our own presuppositions and our own ideologies and say, well, well no, 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 that's not what God meant. Then this is how I think. Yeah, you know, it says, and this is the whole argument that comes from the homosexuals, comes from those people who want to uh, justify their sin and justify their life of disobedience. They twist the scriptures. They, and, and that is really, really devilish because the devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. Satan twists the scriptures so that he may deceive us. Did God really say? That's it. 
What is it? That's the, that's the teaching of scripture. If, 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 if you find yourself uh, seeing a clear passage in scripture and in your mind you are saying, did God really say then crucify that thought? Crucify it and obey Christ. Say, I know, but you know when in Zimbabwe, did God really, you know, trying to re-go into the text so that you can bring in your presupposition. So the best interpreter of scripture is scripture itself. This was the cry of the reformers. This was the cry of Martin Luther. And Martin Luther saw that the Roman Catholic system was twisting the scriptures. He saw that they twisted uh, true worship, salvation. How does a man become saved? How, how does one become a Christian? Is it through the Pope? Is it through confessing to the Pope or through reciting a couple of verses or walking up and down the steps or etc, etc. Penance, tithes, whatever it is. Allegiance to the Pope, allegiance to the government. And so we see that Martin Luther saw that the scriptures actually taught that salvation is by grace alone. The just shall live by faith. And that is the unity of scripture, right? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. That is in the Old Testament. In the New Testament you see, for, great, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it's a gift of God, so that you may not boast. Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. But here's the problem, here's the tension. The problem, dear friends, is that people do not want, even the good Christians, they do not want to read or study the word of God. We are too busy. We've got too many schedules such that we do not want to sit down and say, okay, what does the actual Bible say? Appeal to the scripture, dear friends. Appeal to them. Sit down. Something is bothering you. You don't understand the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? Some people, the Jehovah's Witness say, says the Holy Spirit is a force. Uh, in, they, call it, they, they, they call him an impersonal force of God. Some people say the Holy Spirit makes you roll around like an idiot and spit out foam. Some people speak to demons. We say, fair enough, let's go to the Bible. You have said what you have said. Let's now appeal to the scriptures. What do the scriptures teach about the Holy Spirit? Read, study. Okay, this is how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit is a person from the scriptures we see. That there's the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. 
person, he's the third person of the, of the Godhead, but he's not third in terms of priority, but, because, but in terms of hierarchy, in terms of the way the Godhead is ordered. The Holy Spirit is not inferior, nor superior from the other persons. He's God. Okay, let's move on. What is the work of the Holy Spirit? Regeneration. Uh, con uh, conviction of sin, righteousness and judgment. He's the comforter. How does he comfort me in times of trouble? How, where is the Holy Spirit? <laughs> you study. And then, once you study, you won't have trouble navigating this world and even church, even error, even sin itself. Because the scriptures are harmonious. People are too busy to study the word of God. They'll tell you, well, pastor, you know, I, I, I've, been, I've been working so hard, I just need to rest. And I'll say, rest reading the scriptures. Wrestle with the scriptures until they make sense. Wrestle with the scriptures until, until there's a light bulb. Like Paul says, preach Christ until Christ is not, not, he's not saying that, well, you know, when you preach, there's a, a bit of Christ that is formed. No, he's saying, still you are firm in the Lord. Your faith is firmly established and Christ resides in you through the Holy Spirit. <laughs> because where is Christ? He's at the right hand of the Father. People say, ask Jesus into your heart. How do you do that? What does that mean? Read the word of God, friends. Apply the scriptures to your life. Understand the harmony. The scriptures do not interpret. Sorry, do not contradict themselves. I, 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 I still hold the view uh, back in the day when I was still a young Christian and I was reading the Bible. I was hungry, 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 hungry. Uh, I realized something, the Bible is actually black and white. We make it gray because of our own presupposition. God is very clear. There are certain things that I know, even in my heart of hearts, that, no, 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 <laughs> this is sin. <laughs> even though I may try to, uh, you know, wriggle out and look for a way out, I know. I know. The Spirit of God convicts me. I know that this is sin. Fallen nature. Fallen. And I know also that this is good. This is what God would want me to do. This is exactly what God wants me to do. This is exactly what God calls us to do. Listen to a quotation by this uh, brother who calls himself the staunch Calvinist. Uh, he, wrote, uh, he wrote an exposition of the 1689. He calls it the 1689 in layman's language. He's just an ordinary person who says, let me just study the 1689. So he actually wrote an exposition. So he says there, this means the scriptures, interpretation is the interpretation of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit who gave the Old Testament also gave us the New Testament. Both 
have the same author. Therefore, when we have unclear passages or concepts, we must search other places that speak more clearly upon a said passage or concept. Furthermore, scripture has one sense and not manifold senses and interpretations. There may be a manifold application, but the meaning is one. And then he says, the hermeneutical principle, hermeneutics is the laws of interpretation. So don't get bogged down by the word, hermeneutics. So the hermeneutical principle is the basis which all proper biblical interpretation rests. Since the Bible is infallible, inerrant, truthful, therefore it cannot truly and without resolution contradict itself. Therefore, our interpretation of the Bible should likewise not contradict the Bible. I think we're clear on the harmony of Scripture from point 9, chapter 1.9, the infallible rule of the interpretation of Scripture to Scripture itself. Therefore, when there's a question about the true and full sense of any scripture, it must be sought by comparison with other passages that speak more clearly. In question, look for scripture. <laughs> In question, look for scripture. Look for scripture. Look for scripture. Pray, because the Holy Spirit is the one that illuminates us and, under- and makes us understand the truth. So we see here the supreme judge, point 10. The supreme judge by which all controversies (laughs) of religion. Hey, let's just stop there. The supreme judge, this is a very provocative statement because it's written in context the Roman Catholic Church. So the reformers and the framers of the 1689 Benjamin Keith, Charles Edmund Spurgeon, all these brothers, saw the need to make the statement in accordance with scripture itself. To say, the supreme judge by which all controversies of religion are to be settled, and all decrees of councils, opinions of ancient writers, human doctrines and private spirits, etc., uh, etc., et are to be examined and on whose judgment we are to rely can be nothing else but the Holy Scripture delivered by the Spirit. This is amazing. This is amazing in that the Bible fits into any category, including government, uh, what people call secular government. All controversies can and must be settled by the Holy Scripture. If, for example, in this church, by the enabling hand of God and uh, the workings of Satan, this church is given to heresy and people start peddling heresy, if there was to be a neutral council that was to come and intervene in our situation of elders from other churches and people appealing 
come with the Holy Spirit. You say, brethren, let's sit down. You say women should teach. What does the Bible say? You say uh, Christ is not God. What does the Bible say? The Holy Spirit is not God. What does the Bible say? That's how we settle matters. That's that's simple. It's simple, right? Different from what people do out there, start fighting, throwing around chairs. If you're not happy with something, let's settle out the scriptures. If you're not happy with what I've said in the pulpit, come to me. Raise it. Brother, pastor, whatever you call me, <laughs> just sit down. Have a problem with what you say. Oh, okay. If I'm a reasonable pastor, I'll sit down with you. And I'll say, let's walk through the scriptures. You say this, 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 then I said, okay, this is where I got it from. Let's see what the Bible says. Let's see what the whole council of scripture says. If you're right, I will repent. If you're wrong, you're blessed. All disputes, the supreme judge by which all controversies of religion are to be settled and decrees of council, opinions of ancient writers, even things like Anna John Kelvin, they are to be put under scrutiny of the Holy Scripture. Paul Washer, Conrad Mbewe, Joel Beatty, Vody Bokum, anyone. We, we are to say, okay, thank you for what you have said. <laughs> let's go to the Scriptures. Thank you very much for your teachings. They are very good. Now let's go to the Scriptures. And it was, that's, that's a Berean spirit, right? That's a Berean spirit that Paul found. Because they went back home and searched the scriptures to find if it was really true and not just being given to easy believism and being swept away by every wind and doctrine. Whatever doctrine comes, you're running. Whatever doctrine comes, okay, today, you know, what says the scriptures? My man. Alright, so opinions of ancient writers, human doctrines, and private spirits. Interpretations of opinions. So if someone comes to you and says, I had a dream. <laughs> huh? uh, there are people who love saying that. I, I, I've got nothing, I mean, I've got nothing against dreams. They're just dreams. Nothing more. <laughs> the secret things belong to God. Deuteronomy 29. God knows how he created us, why he created that way, and what in the world a dream is. We, you know, have you ever thought, what is a dream? <laughs> Where did those creatures come from? <laughs> but anyway, if someone comes, is to come and say, I have got a private interpretation of something, or even private spirits or dreams, we are to examine them. We are to put them in subjection to or align them against the scriptures and say, brother, you said you dreamt something. Let's see what the Bible says about dreams. We go to check. Okay, okay. Hmm, okay. All right, all right. We use the tools that God has given us. Because you can't come to a conclusion through a narrative. You can't say because David dreamt or God spoke to David, then he's going to speak to you. What interpretive tools are you using? 
right? As we examine and, and on whose judgment we are to rely, can nothing else but be sorry, can be nothing else but the Holy Scriptures delivered by the Spirit. By means of this, Scripture delivered in this way, our faith is finally settled. So, dear friends, I want you to think through something. The church's health is determined by the scriptures and how we apply it. The moment we lose the word of God, we have lost everything. It's better to shut doors, pack up our bags, and go on. Many people have deviated from the scriptures and this is why there's chaos in churches. Chaos. I don't even know what, the, what they're doing as they gather. I don't even know what they think they're doing. Because they've deviated from the sure word of God. This is what the word of God says. We need to be obedient. It's not about our feelings, even our intuition or a gut feeling. For example, dear brethren, I want to tell you, if there are no men to preach at JRBC, we need to close the way. <laughs> we need to close it. If you are not there to preach, postpone, abandon the Lord's day because no women will preach here according to scriptures. According to the scriptures. We won't speak in tongues because we believe tongues are speech from the scriptures. And people say, well, you're putting God in a box. God has already told us in his word that this is what he's doing. And fair enough, if you want to go further and say, well, brother, we want to pra practice biblical tongues, I'll say, fine. Let's have an interpreter. What have you said? You're not speaking anything with sense. So we need to, we, we need to lean and uh, rest on the scriptures. The fact that the scriptures have a harmony and a finality and also the fact that they stand above all other material as the supreme judge. That is so amazing. And this is why the Bible has stood the test of time. And this is why the Bible is the most printed book in this world. This is why the Bible is subject to the most criticism, subject to the most twisting, subject to the most misinterpretation. This is why the Bible, the Jehovah's Witnesses will come and have their own Bible, which is called the New Translation, uh, New, New World Translation, and remove keywords because this is the Word of God. They, they can't stand the truth. They, they can't. It's, it, it's so irksome that in the beginning,
beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. They, they don't want to hear that. No! Dear friends, this is our small teaching for today, and I pray that we have questions that we can attend to.